some love to dive into it, and they go deep, 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 and they find something for every jot and every tittle that mentions anything of prophecy. And there are others that then react to that and and they say, Oh man, I I don't my head will explode. I don't even want to go there. I don't I don't want to think about this. I just want to know what I need to do today. I, I I'm just gonna trust God for the future and and I'm I don't even want to go there. And they, they're kind of even afraid of prophetic books, Ezekiel, Daniel, Revelation, and others. And, and um, again, in life, it is important that we be balanced. Anything out of balance is not good. And so, in understanding that, um, our goal is to take a balanced approach to help us. And yet tonight, the first question we want to answer is, why study prophecy? Why should we study prophecy? Now, you notice Revelation, we often think it's the revelation of things to come. But if you look at the, the title of the book of Revelation, the revelation of what? Jesus Christ. It's not the revelation of things to come. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And you can't look at the revelation of Jesus Christ without looking at how things end. So you notice he begins, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass, And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and those and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. So here's the revelation of Jesus Christ. That is given to John. Um, I'll just say we're not planning to go verse by verse through the book of Revelation. But we're, we're planning to look at the prophetic timetable and take what scriptures apply to the various events that God talks about and explain them um, for a number of reasons. But why study prophecy? Number one, it's a major part of the Bible. We mentioned last Sunday, over 25% of the Bible is prophecy. More scripture is given to prophecy than any other topic in the Bible. So, if it makes up 25, more than 25%, and more scripture deals with prophecy than any other topic in the Bible, we would be remiss... To avoid it, we would be in in air to think, oh, I, I don't want to bother myself with this. For every time the Bible mentions Christ's first coming, which is very, very important, it mentions his second coming eight times for every one time that it mentions his first coming. 
So, for, for every one time, first coming, he mentions it eight times for his second coming. Of the 333 prophecies about Christ, only, not only, but 109 of them were fulfilled in his first coming. That means there are 224 that are yet to be fulfilled in his second coming. So, not minimizing, we would not be here tonight without his first coming. But, in the overall scope of things, the second coming fulfills more prophecies, has more print, if you would, about the second coming, and it plays a major, major part of the Bible. Now, we read verse 3. Secondly, a special blessing is promised to those who study prophecy. Verse 3, bless, he says, I'm giving you the revelation of Jesus Christ. And we know that there is a blessing that comes through reading the Word. But do you understand, in the Word, he gives a special blessing. Blessed is he that readeth and those that hear this prophecy and keep those things that are written because the time is at hand. We know the reading the word brings a blessing, but he said there is a special blessing to those that read in particular the book of Revelation, that obey it and um, read it, listen to it, and obey it. So there would be good grounds for us to study the scripture. Turn, if you would, to First Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Why should we study prophecy? 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Excuse me, chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Paul writing to the believers at Thessalonica said, But of the times and seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Brethren, you are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. You are all the children of light and the children of the day, we are not of the night, nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. So he says, I'm writing these things unto you that you would know and recognize and be able to know the times and be prepared. He said, we know that the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. But he said, it's like a woman that is carrying a child. We have several women around here that are, are due in the next month or so. So when you get a call them all, pray for Sarah Harvey, let's say. She's going in to the hospital. You don't go, oh my goodness, I didn't know Sarah was going to have a baby. You're not shocked by it. 
It doesn't overtake you as a thief in the night. I don't mean to embarrass you or anything, but... um. And that's what he says. The Lord's coming to those of us who are of the light. It should not be a shock. It is, it is not a matter of, oh my goodness. He said, we should understand the times. We should see how things are fitting together. And we don't know the day or the hour. Even as giving birth to a child, you don't, do not know the day or the hour. But, It does not surprise you when a child is born. And that's what he says. It is important for us to know the times and to be prepared. And when I say be prepared, I'm not talking about building a foxhole and a bomb shelter and and those things. I'm saying we need to be prepared mentally and most importantly, we need to be prepared spiritually. Be prepared that our faith is strong and that we're, our lamp is lit. We're ready to be a light in this dark world. And, and we're ready to, to represent Christ. And we are representing Christ. And that we build our faith. That we're not, that we're not doing a cram course when difficult times come. That we have our walk with the Lord. So, it's important that we study Scripture to know the times and be prepared. Turn to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. We're familiar with verse 1. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Verse 2 of 1 John 3. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So he's talking about his coming again. And every man that has this hope of Christ coming again purifieth himself even as he is pure. Understanding prophecy and Christ coming again should motivate us to godly living. Understanding that that the Lord's coming again could happen at any time should motivate us to purify ourselves and and live a holy life and to pursue a, a godly life. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, he says, See that you walk carefully, circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Understanding the last days are days of lawlessness and evil. And it should motivate us. Wait a minute. I don't know how much time we have, but I need to be making wise use of the time that God has given me. Turn to Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13. And notice if you'd look in verse 11. Romans 13 and verse 11. And that knowing the time... Understanding the times, that now it is high time to awake out of our sleep, 
For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. That knowing the times, we awake out of our sleep. Wait a minute. We don't have much time. Now is our salvation nearer than it's ever been before. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us get busy about the work of the Lord. Studying prophecy ought to give us a sense of urgency. A sense that, man, I need to make use of the time that I have. I need to be busy about this. I need to be active in this. Um. A sense of urgency. There's nothing that that drives a spectator or a coach in particular worse than seeing a player lollygagging it. You know, a sense of urgency. I mean, the ball's in our end. Let's get it out of here. Not like, oh, are you going to get it or should I? It doesn't matter who's going to get it. Get that thing out of here. It doesn't matter who gets credit for what is done. We have work to do. We have we need to have a sense of urgency. Now is the time. And in understanding um, prophecy, it should motivate us to put off things that don't matter. It should, fifthly, give us a burden for the lost. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. <clears throat> And verse 8, Paul says, We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Who wouldn't want that tonight, right? The Lord to come, be absent from the body, present with the Lord. But he says, Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the tear of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also made manifest unto your conscience. Knowing the tear of the Lord, we persuade men. Knowing what it's going to be like, wow, I am going to stand before God and answer to Him. The people that I live with, the people that I work with, are going to be answering to God. And when we realize the awesome sense of standing before God, we should be burdened to persuade others of the love of Christ and forgiveness in Christ. Think about it. When we realize people that we are living with may actually go through the tribulation as given to us in the book of Revelation. I mean, things are not going to continue in southern Iowa as they always have been. 
over one half of the world's population will die in the seven-year tribulation. People that don't know Christ will be experiencing that. I mean, this world has never seen anything like will happen then. And in understanding that, um, maybe we don't see eye to eye with certain people, but you won't want your worst enemy to go through that, let alone an eternity in the lake of fire. And it ought to motivate us to be burdened for the lost. It ought to, it ought to drive us to, to say, God, use me. Here am I. It ought to motivate us that, listen, in Christ we have answers that are different than the world gives and that bring life. So it ought to, we study prophecy, and the bottom line is not just so we know things, so that it affects our life. Number six, to help us avoid Satan's traps. One of the great tools of Satan is fear. And in studying prophecy, we understand, number one, who's already won. Number two, we understand that God is in control and he is working things out and that we can trust him. And honestly, current events can strike fear if we don't understand God's plan. On the one hand, we, we fight for truth and establish it. On the other hand, we understand that probably things are not going to get better. But we still hold forth the truth and we understand God is in control and as some of the promises that you mentioned, He'll never leave us nor forsake us. His grace is sufficient. He'll meet our needs. It also helps us prevent, avoid Satan's trap of, of deception. Um. Anytime you hear anyone say, I know when the Lord is coming, unless they're being a jokester and say, I know he's going to come during 11 o'clock in the morning hour, and you say, how do you know that? Well, it will be 11 o'clock somewhere in the morning hour around the world, somewhere when he comes, okay? But if anybody says they know, you just immediately write them off as they don't know. Because no man knows the day or the hour. And it helps us to avoid the traps of Satan that um, we're, we're thinking all things are going to continue. So I, I don't need to rearrange my priorities. And it helps us to know... The big picture. Number seven, it reveals God is in control. Turn to the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter two. Daniel chapter two. If you don't have these underlined in your Bible, you may want to do it. 
for the days we live? Daniel answered and said, Notice this that Daniel's saying, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. He changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness, and the light dwelleth with him. I thank thee and praise thee, O thou God of my fathers, who hast given me wisdom and might, and hast made known unto me now what we desired of thee. For thou hast now made known unto us the king's matter. But notice what he said. God, you are wisdom. You change the times and the seasons. Why is fall coming now? Because God's the one that set it in order. And he removes kings. You might say not fast enough. And he setteth up kings. And you might say, why did he set him up? But God is the one that is in control. And, and we need to understand that. And, and as we study prophecy, and as we start seeing the things that have already been fulfilled and how God has done it, we, we stop and we say, wow, God truly is in control. Even of people that deny there is a God and they think they're doing their own thing, God is still in control of them. And that should increase our faith. As, as you study Scripture, Jesus said in Matthew 5, verse 17, I have not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. He said, not one jot or one tittle, not one, we would say in our vernacular, not one crossing of the T or dotting of the I will go unfulfilled. Second Peter 3.9, God is not slack concerning His promise. He's going to fulfill every promise. The Bible has an amazing track record of 100% accuracy in prophecy. The Bible contains about 1,000 prophecies of which 500, over 500, have already been fulfilled exactly as they were prophesied. That's batting five, that's batting a thousand percent. That's pretty good. And if it's 999%, it's not good enough. Because God is perfect in all his ways. And every prophecy that God has given will be fulfilled exactly. There won't be, well, that's close enough. Yeah, we'll count it. No, this isn't horseshoes. This is, it will be fulfilled exactly as he promised. How many times we've read that God did such and such in fulfillment of the prophecy. That ought to increase our faith. 
wow, these are things that haven't happened yet. And these are prophecies that were already given. And he's fulfilled those exactly as he said. I know he'll fulfill these exactly as he said. It increases our faith and it should provide comfort. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We often will use these verses at a graveside. Paul writing to the believers and saying, I don't want you to be ignorant about the believers that have died. He says, verse 16, The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And notice verse 18. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. He's talking, he he is giving prophetic events that are going to take place. And he said, understanding this should bring comfort to your heart. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Man, what a promise. What a comfort it is to know regardless of how unstable and and out of control things may become here, the best is yet to come. So, as we get in to look at these things, we should be able to receive great comfort. And ultimately, we study prophecy to glorify God. Jesus Christ is the subject of prophecy. As we said, it is the revelation of Jesus Christ. The end time events Reveal Jesus Christ, and I love this thought. I mean, there's TV series, Survivor, and there's all these things. When everything is said and done, there's going to be one standing, and that is Jesus Christ. And we study prophecy to look forward to that and to glorify God and to say, this isn't about nations, this isn't about peoples, this is about Jesus Christ. And the day will come when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So, as we get in and look at things... um, I trust you'll pray that God will give us direction, that we won't go deeper than we have oxygen for, and yet that we won't just skim across things that we need to. And that we will be balanced, not just in presentation, but in our life. As you can see, it ought to affect us in our daily living. It ought to affect us in every aspect of our life. Heavenly Father, I pray 
that truly your spirit would cause your word to be alive and real and directional and providing comfort and power in our lives that we could be what you want us to be in these days. And Lord, I pray that we would be found faithful to you, that we would have a fervent love for you. And Lord, regardless of what comes, that you would be glorified through our lives. I pray that you truly would use these studies as you, Terry, and we live on Sunday nights, not just to give us a knowledge, but Lord, to change us to your image for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight, um, in our prayer,